Well, goodness, that word amen means so be it, so be it. So we are declaring, we're saying, Lord, so be it. Have your will and way within our lives, within this service, within this message. And uh, that, is, that is the prayer of today. So I just want to start by saying welcome. Thank you so much for uh, coming out today. For those that are joining online, um, you're probably in a uh, luxurious location um, or you're at home. But regardless of wherever uh, you are at today, um, my heart is whether you are a follower of Jesus or you are not yet a follower of Jesus, that we will come to this time together and we will not be able to explain what it is that, that the Lord did within our heart apart from him. And so no matter where you're at, you are welcome and it's such an honor that you are here. I feel like every single time it's July 4th, I feel like it's kind of a sin to not mention uh, that Michigan, I'm reminded every single year, Michigan is crazy when it comes to fireworks. It is absolutely crazy. Is there anybody in their neighborhood, show of hands, that had cannons blasting off like this last week? Is there anybody? Goodness gracious. I'm from South Carolina. My name's Jonah from South Carolina. I feel like I always have to like say that at the beginning. Like if you hear a twang or something, it's because of that. But but South Carolina, we always had fireworks. I thought that, you know, we were loud and proud when it came to fireworks, but I hear more gunshots than I ever do fireworks, but here I hear cannons. And so I don't know what it is about Michigan, but you guys like your fireworks. So I wanted to also say, um, um, if you grabbed a program on your way in, inside there's a connection card. And sometimes with these connection cards, um, especially those that have been here for a while, um, sometimes we can kind of tune it out. Um, but on the back of these connection cards is an area where you're able to indicate a next step. And here at Lake Point, we are here. We are here. The, the, the mission of our heart is to help you make your next step with Christ. And so if you could, each and every one of us, that as the, the message is going on and as the Lord starts to speak to you, write a little bit down, write some prayer requests, write your next steps. Uh, we are here for you and with you. We are in this together. And then also for those that uh, this is your first time or you've been coming for a while, but you've never filled out a connection card, uh, feel free to fill one of these out. This is not for us to bug you or to do anything like that, but it's just for us to get to know a little bit more about you because our heart is to partner with whatever the Lord wants to do within your life. And so I gotta be honest with you guys. I had this message just planned um, for months. I felt the passage, I, I had the, the points and it was, it was on my heart, but I was struggling really bad to figure out a way to start this message. It's crazy. I had all the points. I had everything. I had the notes printed, but starting the message, I was just at a loss. I was like, Lord, what, what, what do you want to say to your people? What do you want to say to us? And yesterday, I, I just got in my room. I just got on my knees, and I was just praying. I, I was just saying, Lord, you got to help me. you got to help me. This is not my message. This, this is bigger than me. I mean, what we just did in worship, this is bigger than us, guys. This is so much bigger than us. This is bigger than Macomb County. This is bigger than America. This is bigger than anything. This is bigger than me. And, and I was just saying, Lord, what is your burden? What is the burden of your heart for your people in this time? And as I was just praying about that, the Lord brought to my mind that this week, 11 years ago, is a very special, special, special time in my life. 
And he brought back this memory as I was just sitting there and I was just praying. I was like, God, you got to give me your burden. I, I, I got to feel what it is that you want to communicate, what you want to share through your word. And 11 years ago, it was a month after I got on my knees. And just like that song we sang, Living Hope. It's crazy. I never really thought about it like that. But that song literally is like my testimony. I was on my knees in my bedroom and it was just darkness all around, darkness within. And I had nothing. Guys, when I am saying that, I'm not just saying that as cliche. I had nothing. I had nothing. Every bit of me wanted to cease living. But in that moment, I cried out to Jesus. And I literally said this. I said, Lord, if you can do something in my life, you can have it. You can have it. I'm done. And in that moment, it just the floodingness of joy and life and light flooded that room, changed my heart. And a month later, it was this week, 11 years ago, I was growing so much in my walk with Jesus, and I just wanted to know him. I wanted to know who he was in his word. I didn't want just to hear about him. I wanted to know him and experience him. And, and I was invited to go to this camp, and I, I didn't really know anybody at this church. There's like two people I knew, and the first night there, I'm at this camp. as a Christian camp. It's my very first Christian camp I've ever been to as a church camp. And at the camp, um, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the people that I was walking back to where we were staying started picking on this one girl, this girl that I never met before, um, and they started picking on her. And I was just, at first I thought they were joking. I thought they were kidding. But then it keeps going on and on and on to the point that the girl starts crying and she runs away. And I'm just so confused. I'm a, I'm a new believer. I'm a month into a new relationship with Jesus. And I just witnessed people that claimed Christ destroyed this girl. Even if it was temporary, it, there, was, there was destruction that happened, and I, I witnessed it. And I was so moved that I ran ahead. I, I told the, 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 the people that I was walking with, I was like, hey, I'll see you guys later. I didn't know really what to say to them. I just ran ahead, and I found the woman, and she was in this like conference area with the youth pastor. And as she was sitting there with the youth pastor, the youth pastor was just praying and speaking truth into her life. And he motions me to come inside. So I come inside and I just tell her, like, I am so sorry. I, I don't know why I didn't say anything. And, and I, just long story short, I was moved by what I just saw that I knew I needed to do something about it. I needed to make wrong things right. And so I, we get done praying with her and I, I, I assure her that I was going to go talk to those girls that did that. And she and the youth pastor was like, Jonah, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, dude, don't do that, don't do that. And I'm sure they saw that I was a little hot. I was a little just heated, and I was, I was angry, I was, I was upset. And so I go, I knock on the door, and the, uh, the, the people were very happy to see me. Um, one, of, one of the women was, was, uh, was the pastor's daughter, so I held her to a high esteem. And so I'm in there, and I'm doing small talk, and then finally I just break down, I'm like, guys, I gotta talk to you about something. I gotta talk to you about something. What just happened? What just happened? They're laughing. They're like, Jonah, you don't know this girl. You don't know this girl. And then I started getting a little heated at that point. And I, I'm sure my tone was, was aggravated at this point. But I just tell them, like, I don't care. I don't care who this girl was. That was wrong. And for the first time in my life, a month after following Jesus, I was laughed at. I was laughed at for doing the right thing. I was laughed at. I was asked to leave. And that night, this week, 11 years ago, I was, I was in, in, in my room there, and I was just crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, why does this hurt? Why does this hurt? What is wrong? What have I done? Did I do something wrong? And I got on my knees. I got by the side of my bed, and the Lord just spoke to me, Jonah, 
what they did, that was not reflective of me. That was not reflective of me. And I want you to do that for the rest of your life. But guys, the, as I was just praying about, Lord, what is your burden for this message for today? It's the same burden that Paul has here in Philippians chapter one. And the burden is this, there is more, there is more. There is so much more, whether you are a follower of Jesus, whether you are not a follower of Jesus, there is more. And by the side of my bed, I was saying, Lord, if this is it, I don't want it. I don't want to be a Christian. I just want to know you. But the Lord spoke to me, said, Jonah, there's more, there's more, there's more. And so for each and every one of you today, that is the heartbeat behind this message. There is more. And the Lord showed me as I, as I started to grow with him, that the fruit the, the, the results of what they were, were following, the, 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 the girls that was picking on that girl, it was not good fruit. That was not a reflection of the Jesus that they claimed to follow. And I'm not by any means doubting their salvation or anything like that. They were followers of Christ and they are my sisters and everything. And we all have bad days. But at the same time, the Lord highlighted to me, Jonah, I want you to live your life for the fruit that matters. And Paul in Philippians chapter one, he is crying out in the middle of a jail cell. He's crying out to a group of Christians, of followers of Christ that he loves so dearly. And I can only imagine he has tears as he's, as he's just speaking to them. And he says this, if, you're, if you have your scripture, go ahead and just turn to Philippians chapter one. And we're gonna be in verse nine. We're gonna do nine, 10 and 11. So we're gonna pretty much park here. So you can go ahead and put a bookmark there. But here, let's read this together and then let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us through this. Philippians chapter one, verse nine, Paul says this. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruits of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. This will bring much glory and praise to God. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for this moment that we have together. Lord, just speak to us directly where we are. Lord, I pray that it's not my words. I pray that it's not anything that we can give credit to for what you want to speak directly to us. And Lord, you are burdened for us to know you and to have a heart to make you known. You love us, Lord. You are for us, but you're not just for us staying stuck. You're not for us just staying complacent. You're not just for us staying just, just happy with the little that we know about you. Lord, you are for us knowing more and more and more and so, Lord, may that burden become our burden today. And, Lord, may you speak to us. And may what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Lord, we want to tune in to what you want to say to us today. And so, Lord, it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. I can't stand up here and act like I know a lot about gardening. I really don't. If uh, Scott's mom, Pastor Scott's mom was here, she's a big green thumb, and she came over to my house recently, and she was helping me in my garden. I recently bought a house, and 
she was teaching me little things about gardening here and there. So I'm not coming to you as an expert on gardening. But throughout all of the scripture, there's a lot of imagery where we are compared to a, a fruit that is growing, a fruit that is growing. Jesus says this in John chapter 15. It's not in your notes, but you can go ahead and put this down. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. He says this, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can, can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I wanted just to start that out as a foundation as we're starting to talk about the fruit that matters that each and every one of you guys and me as well, the Lord has more planned for us. And one of the um, commentaries I was reading on this verse, he says that if you break down the Greek, that it's not just that I am the vine and you are the branches, but it almost could be translated that I am the vineyard. Jesus is the vineyard. So any result of us following Jesus is fruit. So as we talk through this message, if you hear me say fruit, fruit is the results of following Jesus, or at least it should be. And so the first point comes from here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Paul says this as he's praying and he's burdened. He's saying, I want more for you. I want more for you. The Lord wants more for you. He says this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. The first point is this, if you're taking notes. Fruit comes from a spirit fed. Fruit comes from a spirit fed. If you want to be able to experience an abundance in your walk with Jesus, you have to feed that which is what is the Lord's plan and purpose for you and for me. And that is to know him, to know him, for his word to be like honey to us for us to digest his word to to the point that it's almost like food, it's sustenance within us. And so fruit is the result of following Christ. And Paul says, I pray that that fruit keeps on growing and growing. Whether we are opening up up our hearts to the Lord or we are closing it off, fruit comes from a spirit fed. What are we feeding ourselves with? And the Bible says this, there's, there's two different responses that we can have to the Lord trying to do a work and wonder within our heart through the Holy Spirit. One thing that we can do is open up to him. Like we, pray, like we prayed and we sung, Lord, you can have it all. You can have it all. Every bit of my intellect, my emotions, everything is yours. So we can open up to him or the Bible says that we can grieve the spirit. We can grieve the spirit. Within the plants in my backyard, It needs certain things in order to survive. And Paul, in another letter in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, he says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So if you're here right now and you're saying, I I, I know that there's more, but I'm kind of stuck in a a cycle of my sin and my brokenness, and I'm kind of in a loop right now. One of the things that we can cry out to the Lord today is saying, Holy Spirit, guide me, show me, give me a love and a hunger for your word and let that be what fuels me and and where I find my life. So let the Holy Spirit guide your life and then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. Guys, if I'm being honest with you, sometimes it feels like a roller coaster following Jesus. 
there are times where I am just riding high and I'm letting the Holy Spirit have his will and way. But then there's other times where I'm grieving the Spirit and I'm hardening my heart to him. In that moment, the fruit, the results of that, that following Jesus that the Lord wants the world to see and for me to even see and experience, the sweetness of following Jesus, it starts to get deplenished. And so in that moment, we cry out and we say, Lord, we don't want to grieve your spirit. Paul goes on to explain what it is and how we grieve the spirit. And he says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 25. He says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you want fruit that matters, if you want to be able to have a, just an overwhelming of more in your life, it starts with realizing that fruit comes from a spirit fed. Paul goes on in verse 22, if you're following along, he says this, well, he already talked about the, the, the sinful nature and all of that and all the things that grieve the spirit. But then he goes on to say what we can feed on that will grow that heart and that hunger for the things that the Lord is passionate about. He says this in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. If you skip down to verse 25, he says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our, our, of our lives. That is the burden that the Lord has for us and the burden that Paul has writing to the Philippian church. One sign that you are being led by the Spirit of God is realizing that your identity is found in what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Let me say that again. One sign that you are being led by the Spirit of Christ is that you realize that your identity is found in what Jesus accomplished on the cross. It's not found in a earthly label. It's not found in any earthly community apart from the kingdom of God. You were made by a creator, savior, sustainer that has a plan and a purpose for your life that goes so far beyond anything this world can offer. When it comes to growing in Christ, Paul, throughout many of his letters, and even Jesus himself, he, he breaks it down, and I broke it down to four different areas. If you want to grow fruit that matters, there's four different areas when it comes to growth. If you're taking notes, the first area is intellect, intellect. Growing in Jesus, we grow in our knowledge and understanding of his word. There's a part in the scripture where it says, without, without, without hearing, without hearing, how can anybody believe? Faith comes through hearing. There's another part in the scripture that says, without faith, it's impossible to know the Lord. So intellect. So ask yourself, am I growing in intellect? Do I want to know more? But I'll tell you this, if you get stuck in intellect, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. There's a second area as well. And these areas, uh, the first two can almost be interchangeable. You can almost start with the second par part and go to the first and the first and the second. But these first two areas are very close together. So there's intellect and there's emotion, emotion. Many of you guys, if I ask you to raise a hand, you probably felt emotionally response to something that you've heard or seen. 
there's been something that, that has provoked you to think about the deeper truths of the Lord. I just got back from summer camp with the students. I saw a lot of emotional responses, and that's not decrediting that at all. Emotions are important. God gave us emotions in order for our emotions to be centered on him and to point us to the resurrected Savior. So emotions are good, but these two, if we get stuck here, then we're not truly growing. We're not truly growing. So the third and the fourth is very similar to the first two. And the third area is this, trust, trust. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust your creator, savior, and sustainer? Trust. Trust is that kid that looks at the zip line and says, look, I know that zip line looks fine, but he takes his feet, he goes up that zip line, and he says, he, he maybe examines the rope, he examines the hardness and says, okay, I trust that this will carry me. But there's a fourth part, and this is the burden for the Lord for each and every one of you, and for me as well to get to this fourth part. And this fourth part is surrender, surrender. And there's an initial surrender that Paul writing to this Philippian church that has already happened. He's writing to people that are followers of Jesus. So they've already surrendered to Jesus, but there's a deeper surrender even after that. It's daily surrendering your life to Jesus saying, Lord, I want to live for the things that matter. I want your word to be the sustenance within my life. I want to walk in you. So growing equals intellect, emotion, trust, and surrender. Surrender comes when you know that Jesus is king. He's above politics. He's above this nation. He's above wars and rumors of wars. He's above the, the hostility within your home. He's above all of the sin struggles and traps that the enemy, a real enemy, has planted for each and every one of us to, to produce fruit that doesn't matter. Another thing that, that Paul says in this passage, just quickly going through this, if you go to verse 9, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. How do we overflow? By fixing our eyes on Jesus. That you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Knowledge, you have this in your handout notes if you're, if you're able to, to look at it. Knowledge equals information that is tested and applied. In our American context, within our current American culture, knowledge is usually just information that you receive. But in the Jewish culture, knowledge was not just information that you receive, but information that you walk out. This is the burden that Paul is praying for the Philippian church, and, and not just for the Philippian church, but for each and every one of us is that we will not only just come to church or come to the word or come to gatherings and, and receive knowledge, information, that intellect, or maybe even that emotion, but that we will test it and apply it, walk it out, walk it out. And it is painful to walk it out sometimes. There will be moments when you're laughed at. There will be moments when you're asked to leave. But at the end of the day, we are living for a kingdom that does not rust or rot or be destroyed. Another thing that he says is, I pray that you will overflow. And, and I just put this, as we're talking about fruit and this whole idea of, of bearing fruit that lasts, overflow. What does overflow mean? To produce and reproduce sweetness towards God and man. To know him and to make him known. If we want to overflow, we have to say, Lord, produce a work and wonder within my heart that don't, it isn't just for me because this will rot. But Lord, may it reproduce into others. May there be beautiful plants 
that are planted through your word coming through my life, coming through my heart, through my mind, and, and is overflowing in a beautiful way. The second point is this, if you're taking notes, that Paul is writing here in Philippians chapter 1. The fruit that lasts does not shy away from the sun. Let this sink in. The fruit that lasts does not shy away from the sun. There are plants right now in the backyard of mine that doesn't have as great access to the sunlight. And I deliberately spelled on your notes, S-O-N, because there's a double meaning here. Just like we need the sun to shine upon us, we need the son of God, the resurrected savior, to speak truth into our lives, to show us where there's counterfeit, show us where there's perversion, show us where there's corruption, to give us a heart for justice, to give us a heart for, for love, to know him. He is love. We can't say we know what love is apart from his word, apart from him. And so fruit that lasts does not shy away from the sun. Ask yourself here today, are you in a season of your life where you are, you are shying away from the son of God? Maybe there's a lot of things that has happened in your life that has got you to this point. Maybe you're going through immense heartbreak. Maybe you're going through immense hurt. Maybe you're crying out to God, God, why did you allow this or that to happen? And though I don't have the answers for that, I know that I can look to the one who does. When we go to the Lord, we are able to be able to let him speak into those broken areas and produce life. Paul says this in Philippians 1 verse 10, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. He also says this um, in another letter to the Ephesian church. He says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And then he goes on in verse 14. For the light, <laughs> the light makes everything visible. Therefore it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Heavy heart, if today you are shying away from the sun, May there be a heart of repentance today. Paul says in Romans chapter two, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Let that sink in. It's the kindness of the Lord. Guys, he is for you. He is for you. Whether you're a follower of Christ or not, he is for you. But he loves you so much to call you to life, to call you to the light. Awake, O sleeper. Awake, O sleeper, raised from the dead, and Christ will give you light. There is a promise here. If you go and say, Lord, I want more, he will give you more. He will give you more. A tree that is firmly planted, allowing the sun to shine on it, will be able to produce fruit that matters. The breakdown of this word right here, sometimes we get lost in the weeds when it comes to the word pure. Sometimes we only think of purity in one aspect, but purity is in every aspect of our life. And Paul says that I want you to understand what really matters so you may live pure lives. Right now, if you feel like you're having a impurity within your thoughts, within your heart, within your actions, realize the Lord gives purity. He does. But in this, in the breakdown of this word in the original language, it literally means to be judged in sunlight, to be judged in sunlight. 
And, and one, of the, one of the commentators I was reading, um, Albert Barnes, he says this, which there are no clouds. Purity means to be in a condition where there are no clouds. Heavy heart, is there clouds within your faith today? Is there clouds within your love for others? Is there clouds for your, in your motives, in your intentions? Is there clouds within your, your seeking after your creator, savior, sustainer that gives you life, that shines on you? The third point is this. It goes with exactly what we just talked about. The orchard cannot survive on one plant alone. When I was there by my bed and the Lord called me into ministry, I was terrified. Because immediately I thought of all of the ministry that I saw that was broken. I thought about the, the pastors or the leaders that are having affairs and secret sins. I thought about the, the people that are in it for money and all this other stuff. And I remember literally telling the Lord, Lord, if that's what it is, I don't want it. I don't want it. But as the Lord started to show me more of himself, he started to show me that literally we are in this together. That I know I'm standing up here on a stage and everything, and, and you may look up to aspects of me or, or anything like that, but I'm telling you, please don't. Please don't. We are all little kids trying to figure this out. And Paul, here in this passage, he's saying, look, I want you to understand what really matters so you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. This applies to Paul as well. The orchard cannot survive from one plant alone. There's, there's a reality when it comes to pruning, and, it, and it's a concept called thinning fruit. If you go to an orchard, there's a, there's a reality that if there's too many fruit growing on one tree, it's sucking the life out of that tree, and the fruit that is produced is not as sweet as it could be. So what does the gardener do? The gardener plants many trees and spreads that fruit out. Jesus in John chapter 15, when he says, I am the vine and you are the branches, the, the underlying thing of what he's saying is that I am the vineyard. Guys, if you're coming to church, if you're living your life, picking fruit from other people that are passionate and on fire for Jesus, you're missing it. There is more, there is more, there is more. You can produce fruit as well. There's nothing in me that the Holy Spirit can't do within you. Does that make sense? There's nothing within me that the Holy Spirit can't do within you. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's the Holy Spirit that produces fruit. It wasn't me. So may we cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to just keep picking from other people's plants. Lord, the, the orchard, your church, your bride, as the scripture says, what you died for cannot survive. If it's all dependent on people, fallen people, but we look to Jesus, the vineyard, to produce a fruit that will last. Paul says this a little later on in Philippians chapter 1. In verse 27, he says this, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together in one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is good news. Skip on down to verse 30. He says this, we are in this struggle together. <laughs> we are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. So guys, the orchard cannot survive by one plane alone. May we take next steps to say, Lord, do a work and wonder within me 
I don't want to just look to other people and, and feel like I can't have what they have. I can through the Holy Spirit, and that comes through trust and surrender. The fourth and last point is this. As simple as I could say, guys, you were meant to bear fruit. You were meant to bear fruit. Awake, O oh sleeper. Awake, O oh sleeper. You were meant to bear fruit. He says there in verse, uh, verse 10, I want you to understand what really matters. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to say this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, meaning he emptied himself. He took on a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He goes on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to say this, and this is something I say to you as well. Dear friends, you have always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results that's the fruit. Show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And the ver last verse right here, may you always, this is Philippians 1 verse 11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. As we wrap up today, I can't help but feel that there's somebody in this crowd that you have been maybe picking fruit from other people. You have been believing the demonic lie that you cannot be passionate for Jesus. If you are in this room and you're at a point where you're saying, you know what, Lord, I want more. I want more. I want more. I can't say it any, any more than this. There is more. There is more. There is more. May we cry out to the Lord saying, Lord, have your will and way within me. May we live for the fruit, to produce the fruit through trust and surrender that matters. Let's pray together, guys. Jesus, Jesus, Lord God. Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Jesus, you want to do more. You want to do more. You want to do more. And we thank you, Lord, that in a world that gives up when it gets hard, Lord, you do not give up on us. You are faithful to complete the good work that you have begun within us. And Lord, you have immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. And Lord, it's your name that produces the fruit that matters. It's your truth that produces the fruit that matters. Lord, give us a heart of repentance today. May we prioritize our life in a way where you are center. Jesus, we cry out to you. And Lord, for those in this room that have not yet surrendered to you, may they stand arms high and heart abandoned and say, Lord, I am yours. May they step out and speak to those in the front that will be here for prayer. May they put on their decision card that I want to be a follower of Jesus. For those that are followers of Jesus, Lord, take us deeper. Plan us into discipleship. Give us a burden for the lost. God, give us a burden for purity and sincerity to be truthful to you and to fellow man. Lord God, help us know you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and help us love our neighbor as ourselves. We need you. We look to you. 
And we thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful gardener and you are the vineyard that produces good fruit. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen.